Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Hour number two of Extra Point on this Friday, August 4th. Bob Camp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. That's right, Friday. Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Certified Angus Beef Choice 10-ounce ribeye steak, $15.99 each. Prime boneless bacon-wrapped pork chops, 8 ounces at 2 for $12. An 8-ounce boneless breast, chicken skewers, butcher's blend, and rosemary garlic at 2 for $12. Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits doing it up right this weekend. Visit them, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler or vonhansensmeats.net. We'll have the $100 gift certificate in this hour. But let's reset the poll questions, and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. The Diamondbacks, one of three in their series against the Giants. Is it too soon to give up on the 2023 D-backs? And we have a flip in what is leading the way. No is now out in front at 55% of the vote. Yes, trailing at 45%. Keep the faith, apparently. There are some people, huh? All right. Yeah. It's kind of hard to keep the faith at the moment. Last 26 games they played, they've won seven of them. Seven of them, he tried to say. Uh, that's the worst uh, record over the last 26 games of anybody in baseball. They're now a season-most eight games behind the Dodgers in the loss column. They're now a season-most two games behind in the loss column in the wild card. It's not going well, and uh, they're really not doing anything well at this point. Uh, yeah, and we will answer that question. They have a three-game series against the Twins in Minnesota as well to try to right the ship. We'll answer that question around 11.30 today. Still time for you to cast your vote, KDOS1060.com. Over on Twitter, at KDOSAM1060, Bob had a good conversation with Matthew Kohler of Purple Insider. And if you missed it, podcast over at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS1060 app. Over under 8.5 wins for the Vikings, over 62.5% of the vote on under 37.5%. Yeah, just to tease the podcast part, they had an offensive lineman that gave up 11 sacks last year. One guy gave up 11 sacks and uh, tune in and see who that was. We will answer that question as well around 1130. Uh, as I mentioned, the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits still up for grabs in this hour. But let's get into the Arizona Cardinals. They were back at training camp on Thursday. Let's go to Aaron Decker for his report. The Arizona Cardinals capped off their fourth straight practice with an energetic day of drills and plays. With the team not practicing on Friday, they cut it loose on Thursday with a large amount of time being devoted to 7-on-7s and 11-on-11 drills. It was the Cardinals' defense, though, that won the day, stalling out the Cardinals' offense multiple times. During 11-on-11s, the Cardinals' offense was set up with a third down on the goal line, and James Conner was stuffed at the line. On top of that, the day ended with safety Juju Hughes intercepting Jeff 
Driscoll. And if it wasn't the defense making the stops, the offense was making it way harder on themselves. Center Pat Elfline snapped the ball over Clayton Toon's head, which was picked up by the defense for a touchdown. It wasn't all bad for the offense, though. James Conner came to play today with all his strength and power, powering through defenders multiple times, and rookie wide receiver Michael Wilson continues to be a camp standout. Thursday's practice saw some players moving around the first and second teams. Through the last two practices, the teams will go through two sets of 11-on-11 drills, with the first set having some players who are on the second team take spots on the first team. By the second set, the usual first-team players are back in their spots. But today saw cornerback Keytrell Clark receive some time as the number two cornerback opposite Marco Wilson. That role has been recently filled by Christian Matthews. And outside linebacker Cameron Thomas also attained a few first-team reps alongside Zaven Collins. But before we close the chapter on this notebook, I will add that offensive lineman Kelvin Beecham was back practicing after a day off, and linebacker MyJ Sanders was still a non-participant, but his cast was off and he just had a bandage around his injured hand. The Cardinals won't practice on Friday, but they will return for their Saturday red and white practice at State Farm Stadium. I'm Aaron Decker from the Arizona Cardinals training camp. That's right. Uh, the Cardinals red and white practice Saturday, 1245 to 245 azcardinals.com/camptix. Everything is free, but you do need to get digital tickets to enter tomorrow. Uh, so takeaways there from a few things that Aaron Timeout for they signed Marlon Mack today too. We didn't get that in, right? So Not yet. That's no. an interesting that's an interesting signing. I'm all for it. I mean, he may be shot. I mean, he he was really good 3 or 4 years ago in his Colts days and he's bounced around. But the, that's exactly what the Cardinals should be doing is, you know, you know just you give, a sh- give somebody a shot. If it doesn't work out, you just, you just cut them. So I'm all for that. Yeah, and I'm wondering here if there's something to Keontae Ingram, who was sitting out yesterday uh, in Aaron's report, or just yeah. in general some depth, uh, but because you have Corey Clement, uh, you also have, as I mentioned, Keontae Ingram, you have James Conner, and then there isn't really a whole lot of depth and a lot of experience in that backfield. And that's something we talked about before the draft, even. I was really – the biggest surprise to me of the Cardinals draft was they didn't draft a running back. Uh, it seemed like that was going to be an obvious thing that they would address, and they didn't. And so I don't know if that means anything about Ingram, who is as we just heard this practice anyway. But I'm all, you know, what the heck? I mean, bring these guys in, and they've had some success before. Maybe it's uh, lightning in a bottle, or there is no bottle to be found anymore. We will obviously see what we uh, see if he'll be out there with the team uh, starting tomorrow or how they'll be integrating him in. But he did get signed earlier today. Uh, Going back to Aaron Decker's report there and a couple of things that caught my attention here. If Michael Wilson, I mean, he keeps being talked about uh, in every single one of Aaron's reports. Uh, I've seen it all over the place as well. If he is as good as advertised and how this has been going in camp, I think this is a great step for the car. Cardinals. You know, he's listed 6'2", 213 pounds. He could be that bigger body and longer term solution that this team is hoping for, as I would have to think they're also kind of reshaping that wide receiver room after they got really small and really speedy under what Cliff Kingsbury was trying to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wilson is a guy that, uh, you know, the uh, he had some very good moments in his days in Stanford. You have to be a pretty hardcore college football fan to to know that because they were bad and he got he got hurt a lot uh but you know, i in it, it seems like every time somebody in the offensive side of the ball whether it's a quarterback or whether it's a coach 
or Gannon talking. It seems like that he he comes up like every day from somebody, uh, just from a you know just you know from what other players or coaches are saying. So he must be doing something really well, and it seems like he's uh, stood out so far. Yet again, no Marquise Brown, though. Uh, I just have to wonder what's going on here with that situation. I don't want to speculate, but also not being out there is a bit of a concern. Well, I can speculate because I just saw him on the NFL Network yesterday, uh, two days ago when they had a, a live report from Cardinals camp, and he I couldn't tell because the camera wasn't close enough. He either had a huge bandage on his around his one of his thighs and leg or whether I don't know, I think it was a brace. I think it was just a big bandage. Uh, I mean, like a huge thing. You could know, you know, it's from you know 50 yards away. No, not 50 yards away. It's like 25 yards away. You could, you could, it stood out. And uh, so, because you know, that was right after we talked to the, that same day that, you know, he was missed, you know, missed some times because of bumps and bruises, and they hadn't had a contact, you know, practice yet. Uh, so that got my attention. Yeah, but yeah, that's what's going on with him. And yeah, I don't think anybody has officially said what's exactly wrong with him, but didn't take too long for me to decipher, well, there must be something wrong with his leg. Uh, we had also heard this Wednesday from Nick Rawless that the cornerback position is very much in flux off- opposite of Marco Wilson here. So from Aaron's report there, Kytrell Clark is getting a run with the ones yesterday. Uh, Clark was the Cardinals' sixth-round pick from Louisville. So that is definitely something to be monitoring as camp continues and then how things are deployed in their preseason games. I've been here for 23 seasons now of covering the Cardinals, watching the Cardinals. It seems like every year uh, from start to finish almost, it, it's the cornerback issue is a big question. You know, other than the year that Patrick Peterson and Cromarty, you know, Cromarty had one really good year here and then kind of fell off the map the next year. But other than that one year, rarely have they had two good corners, and some years they haven't had they haven't even had one good corner. Uh, as I mentioned, the Cardinals red and white practice tomorrow, twelve forty-five to two forty-five. AZCardinals.com/slash/camp-ticks. Jonathan Gannon was asked yesterday uh, what the expectations are for intensity tomorrow, and he said it'll be full tilt for tomorrow's practice. Uh, in addition to that, they, he was asked about veterans playing in preseason games, and he said that it's a case-by-case basis that they'll make the decision with the player and make sure that the player understands why the decision was made. Yeah, I don't know how many veterans would actually qualify as you need to just make sure he doesn't get hurt and rest him. They don't have that many guys that are that established in the NFL that fall into that category. Uh, I could think maybe Kelvin Beecham, Buda Baker. James Conner. James Conner. James Conner. Yeah, that's, that's about you know Jalen Thompson. We might be done. That, <laughs> might be about, that might be about it. But Hollywood Brown, even if we were healthy. Yeah, that's so. true. Uh, I, and obviously, you know, Ertz is already out and not out there yet. And 
Some believe in the NFL that he's not going to play any more games with the Cardinals and they'll be doing something with him before the season starts. A couple of other things that caught my attention from around the NFL. The Saints and Cam Jordan reached a two-year, $27.5 million guaranteed contract extension through 2025. And uh, from my understanding, according to Adam Schefter, that uh, this extension and the amount of it being guaranteed is the highest guaranteed for a player of his age at his position he's a local valley product um we know a lot of people that have uh, covered him over the years in his high school days and just know him uh from several years ago and uh he's come back and you know know, his name has come up sometimes just you know randomly when we were watching saints games when we're sitting in the the cardinals press box before the cardinals game starts watching games whatever his name comes up and I have just I've heard nothing but exceptional things about him as a human being. Uh, as the other news that I heard, Yannick Nagakwe signing a one-year, ten point five million dollar deal with the Bears, and that includes ten million in guarantees. Yeah. Interesting little career arc here for Yannick Nagakwe. He's on a different team every twenty minutes, uh, so we'll see what. You know, hopefully, he can make it through the season. He's been traded during the season at least once or twice. Uh, we uh, talked with Patrick Finley and previewed the Bears back earlier in the week to start our uh, NFC uh, North previews and uh, yeah, pass rush. Uh, they didn't have one. They didn't uh, you know, they, they pass rush and Bears. You couldn't even put them in the same sentence. Uh, we talked about whether they were going to get a pass rush, and they at least got one guy who has had a history of rushing the passer with some success in his career, albeit not all that consistent over his career, hence the reason he's on a different team all the time, seemingly. Uh, Then you also have the 49ers. Elijah Mitchell has an adductor strain and expected to be sidelined for at least probably a week, according to uh, head coach Kyle Shanahan. He's hurt a lot. He was hurt in college some. He's been hurt in the NFL his couple years. He got hurt in the first game last year. This is before McCaffrey was even on their roster. He got hurt in that slop fest in in Chicago last year and didn't play for a number of weeks after that. I think he only played like five regular season games, as it turned out, last year. And now he's hurt again. Another potential uh, injury situation, Jeff Okuda was uh, carted off of practice today, and uh, he is said to have an MRI on his right ankle. Of course, the Falcons just traded for Jeff Okuda in the offseason. Yeah, they did a lot in the offseason. To me, uh, defensively, the Calais Campbell addition, they got a couple of safeties, including Jeremy Bates, away from the Bengals, and they added Okuda, who was – the second overall pick of the draft, I believe it was, second or third uh, overall pick of the draft, and uh, didn't do a whole lot other than get hurt when he was in Detroit. When he did play some last year, actually, he was pretty good and kind of what he was supposed to be, but he's been hurt frequently. And uh, uh, I didn't see an update here lately, but it sounded like it was, was this might be a serious injury for him uh, going down today. Yeah, it does not sound great. Uh, and certainly running back Cordell or Patterson offered up his uh, thoughts, just you know, simply stating it sucks. Uh, as for Cordell or Patterson, though, uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does here with the Falcons and just how they deploy him, obviously with B. John Robinson. And I think we're going to attempt uh, the NFC South next week. Correct. Algier is also a big deal for them. I mean, he was really he was actually pretty good last year. A lot of people thought that they may not draft a running back because he was that good. 
I would assume that Patterson, you know, he's like 100 years old, didn't really do anything for several years in his NFL career to start with. This kind of emerges. I'm going to kind of, no complete disrespect here, but there's going to be some here when I call him a niche player. But yeah, he's he's become a yeah a, a player that can help a team. I think it has to be a good team if he's going to really help them. I don't know if the Falcons fall into that category. Probably not. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. But they've got plenty of wide receivers where he used to play. They've got plenty of running backs where he currently plays. He's also been really good in kick returns. So maybe he does that as much as anything. We've talked it up so much yesterday and today, but it's coming. Tier one from Mike Sando of The Athletic. If you missed it uh, yesterday, Mike Sando of The Athletic put together NFL quarterback tiers for 2023. It's a project that he has been doing for years in his career. Eight general managers, 10 head coaches, 15 coordinators, 10 executives, four quarterbacks coaches, and three coaches uh, in the analytics department all had their votes, which comprised uh, the quarterbacks in these different tiers. We will briefly go through the list of tier two before we get into tier one as a refresher we'll do that next it's happening here on the extra point right here on kdus am 1060 hd radio is here for kdus am 1060 check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 kslx hd2 1124 here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's here. Mike Sando of The Athletic putting together NFL quarterback tiers for 2023. Eight general managers, 10 head coaches, 15 coordinators, 10 executives, four quarterback coaches, and three coaches in the analytics department voted on the different categories to make up these tiers. Bob, are you ready? I mean, it's Friday, so how can you not be ready for this? I just want to say that uh, to have that many contacts in the NFL that, you know, you have a, a good enough association with to have that many uh, to vote on something like this is highly impressive. Absolutely, 100%. I was just seeing something that I believe Arizona, I, I'm going to double check this before I officially announce it because I just saw it so quickly. So I'm going to double check, see what happens, but I think it's an update in regards to the Big 12. Uh, I just briefly want to recap Tier 3. We started uh, there because of 13th on this list was Kyler Murray. He led off Tier 3. When it came in Tier 3 as a refresher, is a quarterback is a legit starter but needs a um, uh, help from the running game and or the defense in order to win games. Tier two is the quarterback can carry team sometimes, but not as consistently. He can handle pure passing situations in doses and or possesses other dimensions that are special enough to elevate him above tier three. He has a hole or two in his game going backwards. 12, it was Kirk Cousins. 11, Deshaun Watson. 10, Matthew Stafford. 9, Dak Prescott. 
eight Trevor Lawrence, seven Lamar Jackson, and six Jalen Hurts. Uh, in fairness here, Jalen Hurts has moved 30th to 20th to 6th in his NFL career. Here we go for tier number one. It's a quarterback who can carry his team each week. Team wins because of him. He expertly handles pure passing situations, has no real holes in his game. And I have a feeling uh, the fireworks are going to start here with number five. And it's Justin Herbert. He received seven fewer tier one votes this year than last year. He has size, arm strength, sees the field well, but needs to make a play when the opportunities are there for him to make the play when his team needs him most. That's 100% correct. What have I been saying for, unfortunately, all the last two seasons? Whether it be the collapse in 2021 when I don't use the word choke very often, but he and the Chargers choked that season away and lost three of the last four games to not make the playoffs. Whether it be the, what was the lead, like 30-3 to three at halftime or whatever it was last year against Jacksonville. Yeah, he had a lot to do with getting that lead for them. Also, Trevor Lawrence had a lot to do with the Jacksonville not you know, doing anything in the first half of that game. But Herbert was awful in the second half of that game. And twice when his season has been on the line in two years, he has uh, failed miserably when it's mattered the most. So maybe that's one of the reasons that there's been fewer Tier 1 votes this year compared to last year. Yeah, it really seemed like for the most part there was obviously a heavy emphasis in reading the article, which I just can, uh, endorse and encourage you to do that because uh, it's very nuanced here. But that the the collection here is that there's no doubt about the physical gifts. There's no doubt about the, the players that are around him when they're healthy, but they were really kind of uh, disappointed with how things had unfolded for um, uh, the season and just kind of taking that next step. Uh, So he's still in tier one based upon those physical gifts and potential. This is interesting here. Coming in at number four, it is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, The consensus is that they're worried about father time with him. Also, really dissecting his game and and how he is successful. And they talk a lot about how he uses his legs and how involved his legs are in his game and maybe why, uh, when in comparison-wise, Tom Brady didn't see as big of a drop-off in these tier categories because his legs were not so involved in the game. It was uh, just more shiftiness in the pocket, et cetera, that he was able to have more longevity. So interesting to see that kind of philosophy there, but still putting him in tier one coming in at number four. This, I think, is a joke. Uh, Sorry. Uh, Yeah, a lot of the Packers' problems last year were because of Aaron Rodgers. He barely had a two-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio for the season. Um, If he's great this year, I'll be the first guy to say I was wrong, etc., but I'm sorry, uh, there is no way that I could put him into the tier one of a quarterback thing. Number three on this list is Josh Allen. Uh, they would like to continue to see him improve on accuracy and uh, a little bit of concerns that for him as well as the run game that is so heavily involved for him and for his success and how he can kind of transition into uh, not being needed to do all of that and get more into being a passer. I think it's kind of – his accuracy, I thought, got much better. I mean, then he got hurt, what was the first week of October, roughly, last year with the elbow. 
and rarely did he seem to be the same physically the rest of the season. So I think it's kind of difficult to judge him uh, based on what we saw last year. But I thought that his accuracy had really showed amazing improvement you know, for the people. And I'm kind of one of these that if you're not accurate in college, you suddenly become accurate when you get to the, NBA, to the NFL. And, you know, you know, better coaching, maybe you know, certainly better fundamentals probably. I'm sure he was coached better fundamentally in Buffalo than he was at Wyoming. Uh, which was kind of a running for, run first school anyway in their their offensive philosophy. Uh, so there's that. But uh, I, I can certainly see this. But yeah, we've mentioned many times last year, already a few times this off season, uh, and when we get to the Bills preview, I'm sure it's going to be a popular part of that. Is that he needs to just take fewer hits, and some of that's his fault. Some of it's the offensive line, which I think has been vastly – I don't even know if they're overrated anymore. I think everybody kind of thinks they're maybe average. I think they were overrated a couple of years ago. Now I just don't know, if, I don't know how good they are. Number two on this list is Joe Burrow. Uh, the sentiment here is that he takes too many sacks, and executives and coach though, coaches, though, say a lot of those sacks are on him. I, yeah, I'm a big Joe Burrow fan. I completely think he should be in this first tier. I also 100% agree with that assessment. And this is another thing we talked a lot on the Friday spread when we were previewing games last year. He needs to figure out how to avoid taking – he not just get he doesn't just get hit. He takes some hellacious shots. Uh, you know, there's like once a game it seemed like, oh, my God, is he going to get up? Uh, and uh, – yeah, you know, considering he didn't get hit nearly as much last year as he did the you know two years ago, obviously, but he needs to figure out how to get rid of the ball or you know I, there's something going on there. He could do that's the one thing I think he can get much better at is just try to try you know he needs to try to avoid how not to be hit. And uh, like I said, he he got he got it seemed like he got smacked at least once a game. And you wondered, oh, my God, is he going to be okay? It's interesting for Joe Burrow here as well, because uh, I, I don't disagree with that. Certainly they're taking some of the hits that he has. But finding finding ways to – because you don't think of Joe Burrow and you don't think of mobility, right? But he still has some shiftiness. He still has oh, some absolutely. ability to, to run. And for yeah. the opportune moments that he does take advantage of that, that really kind of puts the defense on defense on their heels because it's he kind of lulls you to sleep like it's not going to happen. And then he gets some ch- some chunks out of it. Totally agree. I mean, he's not to the level where you have to like put a spy on him, uh, in you know when he drops back to pass. But I'm sure defenses are certainly aware, and they stress before they play the Bengals that you gotta you know, try to make sure you're aware of him leaving the pocket. It seems like he's had a lot of big first down runs for them in the playoffs the last couple of years. Absolutely. Uh, And then in fairness here, doing this uh, tier system for Mike Sando, it really seemed like tier one, number one quarterback um, should have been in a tier of his own. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and I will say here that I was very, very wrong about Patrick Mahomes. I thought that he just kind of fit into this like air raid Texas Tech system. Uh, the defenses in the Big 12 aren't all that exciting. They don't stop a whole lot of people taking advantage of that. Uh, but boy, is he special. I mean, he's like he's levitating and he's completing passes. It's just unbelievable what he's doing. And then uh, his ability to suck it up play through pain um, that we really saw, especially watching the uh, Netflix documentary Quarterback and just how he was in excruciating pain, but the mental tenacity that he had that he wasn't going to let down the team and he was going to get out there. Uh, there's a lot of really great qualities, physical and otherwise, for him. So, yeah, far and away best player in the league. Yeah, I think that's inarguable. Uh, I was kind of right about him. I don't think anybody that thought highly of him coming out of Texas Tech imagined he'd be this good ever, <laughs> let alone in like five years. So pretty amazing. And I remember they played – I'm going to go – I bring up this Todd Graham quote all the time. I bring up several Todd Graham quotes, but usually they're not complimentary uh, to Todd Graham. But this one was – I remember when they played Texas Tech here, that game was like, it was in the, like 50 to 55 or so. It was insane. Uh, I hated, I actually hated sitting at that game because it was just nobody was stopping anybody. It was just horrible to watch, in my opinion. I'm not sure most of the people thought it was very exciting and what the greatest game they've ever seen. But I remember the week of that game, Graham said that he reminded, uh, Mahomes reminded him of Magic Johnson playing point guard. And that's exactly what he does. Uh, you know, with all the sidearm deliveries and uh, the contortionist type of plays and the ad libs and so forth, that's exactly like Magic Johnson did with the Lakers. So Graham was 100% correct on that. And obviously, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm going to stick my neck out here. I enjoy watching Patrick Mahomes play quarterback. <laughs> so, and uh, yeah, you know, certainly I didn't see the Netflix thing, but just watching those games, you you tell you know the pain that he. You remember he had the he re-injured. The, he got hurt like three games before uh, the final game of the season, and he got re-injured a couple of times, including that Super Bowl. And you could just tell he was in such pain then. But uh, tough dude uh, seems to be a really good dude. Um, you know, maybe some family members that he has aren't the best human beings in the world, but he seems to be a good dude too. Uh, when it comes, yeah, and when it comes to the the Netflix documentary as well, I mean, this is no surprise, but it really just kind of uh, solidifies that these uh, crazy throws. He's obviously athletically gifted enough to do them, but he also practices those arm angles in warmups <laughs> before the game. So he's like expecting yeah. to be in situations where he has to do it, and so uh, he's practicing it in warmups before the game. So I thought that that was, um, you know, obviously he works very hard at his craft uh he talked a lot about too how he convinced his personal trainer that he'd been working with for for years to move to kansas city uh before mm. this he he hadn't been there so he convinced him to move and so he was getting extra work in in their philosophy uh it's interesting because everyone of these quarterbacks seems to have their own type of philosophy like we know about tom brady he's written books about it he he talks a lot about his pliability philosophies then you have patrick mahomes and his philosophy Philosophy and then Kirk Cousins and his philosophy. So it was just kind of interesting seeing all the different quarterbacks, and there's not one way of doing it, but what they seem to buy into and really relish in. One of my biggest hopes for the upcoming season, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get into, you know, we think the Chiefs are going to be good and all that, but 
I hope that their offensive line is better than it might be, and he's not running for his life like he did for this in the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay a few years. I'm a little concerned that might happen. That's true, yeah. Um, Lost both tackles yeah. via free agency. Good point there. Uh, those tackles are kind of important. Um, we'll get into poll questions on the other side of the break, but it's time. The $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Caller number 3, 602-260-1060. You are today's winner. Certified Angus Beef Choice 10-ounce ribeye steak at $15.99 each. Prime boneless bacon-wrapped pork chops, 8 ounces, 2 for $12. And 8-ounce boneless breast chicken skewers, Butcher's Blend and Rosemary Garlic, two for $12. 602-260-1060 is the number. Visit our friends at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. We'll get to those poll questions next. It is The Extra Point. Need social information about KDUS AM 1060? Try KDUS1060.com at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060. Congratulations to our winner of the Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits $100 gift card. Now, how awesome is this? Our winner told us it's his birthday next week, so he's going to be uh, living life well with Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits one more time. Certified Angus Beef. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with him. Okay. If he wants to. Yeah. I'll, I'll help him celebrate his birthday a week late if he wants to take me. <laughs> Certified Angus Beef Choice 10-ounce ribeye steak, $15.99 each. Prime boneless bacon-wrapped pork chops, 8 ounces, 2 for $12. And the 8-ounce boneless breast chicken skewers, butcher's blend, and rosemary garlic, 2 for $12. Visit our friends 2390 North Alma School in Chandler this weekend or vonhansensmeats.net. Let's get into the poll questions. Actually, before we get into the poll questions, we do have breaking news in regards to Alvin Kamara. He met with Roger Goodell this week, uh, stemming from his incident uh, back in 2022 in Las Vegas. Uh, that was around the Pro Bowl. Uh, it looks like he has been suspended three games because of that incident. Finally. Uh, well, you know, they, we thought uh, that he was going to be suspended at some point last year, but they did not have a legal resolution until this offseason. Uh, and, uh, and Kamara actually asked uh, to be with uh, Goodell. I assume that the Saints kind of urged him to do that because they wanted some kind of clarity before the season starts. And now they have that clarity. Uh, so, And it also looks like, uh, according to Adam Schefter, that he is no longer facing a felony charge from his role. So that is the legal side of all of that. Flipping this, they kind of covered. They covered covered themselves a little bit. They got Williams away from Detroit. You know, he was a great goal line guy for the Lions last year, and they drafted. I don't remember his last name. The dude, the TCU running back that was so good for them last year, they drafted him. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, all right. Poll questions. Miller, Miller maybe? I'm just, just – yeah, shut up, Bob. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> KDOS1060.com poll question here. Uh, regards to the Diamondbacks, they'll start a three-game series in Minnesota against the Twins this weekend. Is it too soon to give up on the 2023 Diamondbacks, yes or no? I, I don't think it is, even though I'm obviously not terribly impressed with anything that's happened since really July the 1st. And really – I'd go back to the middle of June. I think that their level of play declined. 
starting at that point, we pointed out a couple of times that you know they played some really bad teams, and they were lucky that they're playing really bad teams. Uh, and since they've played some really bad teams and you know, now lost those games, but they've been terrible here lately, so I get it. But I do think that you know Tommy Fan can help them offensively. God forbid, don't don't even let him bring his glove to the ballpark. To keep your glove at home, we don't need you in the outfield. Uh, you know he's a terrible outfielder at this point of his career, uh, but he might be able to help them you know, offensively. Certainly, they need a boost offensively. And the fact that it'd be nice if they could, you know, they got Seawald, which seemed to be a good idea. It'd be nice if they ever had a lead in the game and it could actually put him in the game with the lead. Uh, so until we see how, you know, that goes with the, you know, go, go, I'm willing to go a little longer just because those two additions could help them. Uh, they're, they're, they're done in the National League West, if, you know, but uh, they certainly have a wild card opportunity. Even though there's a whole bunch of teams, though, that I think are playing much better than the Diamondbacks right now that are fighting for these wild card spots as opposed to them. But I wouldn't, uh, you know, you're not going to stick the fork in them yet. But uh, as I mentioned yesterday during the sports zone, I definitely have the fork ready to go. I mean, it's out. The, it's out. And uh, uh, I, I might, you know, this weekend's not going to change my mind. But you know, they play three games against the Twins this weekend. I believe the Dodgers are here next week for a couple games. Uh, so they maybe they can come within six of the wild of the uh, of the uh, loss column if they win those two games. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But you know, I wouldn't put I wouldn't I'm not giving up on them. But I can understand people that are you know concerned. Let's put it that way. Well, one, I don't know if I'm hanging around with you too often or if it's just a really common phrase because I have written down here on my notes that I'm not ready to put a fork in them. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I feel so <laughs> feel so bad for you. you uh, coming up with some of my stuff. That's uh, you need to come up with a different vocabulary. I guess so. <laughs> we'll have to work on that. I haven't had a word of the day in a while, so we'll we'll get back to that. Uh, but no, in answering the question here, I I guess for me, you know, my my expectations after their tremendous start, I really tried to temper them and I tried not to let them get out of whack just because uh, I was cautiously optimistic about how they were performing saw that the pitching situation, they were finding ways to win despite some very glaring holes. So with all of that kind of in mind, I really felt like I kept myself in check about what the reality of the situation was here for the Diamondbacks. And certainly you enjoyed how they were winning games. You enjoyed, uh, and I really enjoyed as well, reading different pieces on how the rule changes seemed to be really benefiting the Diamondbacks and how they were attacking all of that with the base running, the stolen bases, putting pressure on opposing defenses and and you've pointed it out multiple times just how they really have to maximize everything that they're doing in order to win games. And as we've come here to the All-Star break, through the All-Star break, and now here into August, they're not maximizing those opportunities as frequently. And the pitching is still the pitching situations. They're making some more mental errors. I think there's a little bit of pressing at the plate as well. I also think that there's maybe a little bit of pressing that one individual guy feels like he has to do everything to uh, kind of take this team where they want to go as opposed to the collective team that they were playing with maybe less expectations earlier on in the season. Uh, so they've kind of been on this ebb and th- ebb and flow I also think that there's been an ebb and flow in the the National League as a whole so that's why I'm not ready to put a fork in them but you certainly have to manage your expectations maybe that's how I've gotten to where I've gotten to 
if there were an American League, there would be uh, the fork and the knife would also be they they'd be done. I mean, it would be they'd, 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 but they're in the National League, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. The one the one thing I've mentioned, uh, maybe I've mentioned this too much on the air. I have occasionally they have they used to do a good job of making the pitcher you know establish himself and throw strikes. There's a whole lot of one and two pitch outs here lately, and not just lately, like for a month. Uh, since they really started to slide offensively, uh, you know they're not making. A, you know they're basically hitting a pitch, the pitcher's pitch, and not uh, what they should be. It's they're they've been way too aggressive. I mean, I don't have a little chart of the one and two pitch outs, but there seems like there's been an, an really an enormous number of uh, you know easy outs for the pitcher. They're they're letting the pitcher off the hook way too quickly here in at bats. The masses, though, are on the no side of things. 55% of the vote, yes, trailing at 45%. This is the KDOS1060.com poll question. On Twitter, 2023 Vikings win total. Bob had a great conversation. Matthew Kohler of Purple Insider. If you missed it, podcast it over at KDOS1060.com. And for me, um, you know, even despite Matthew Kohler really uh, dissecting this Vikings team, there's just so much that I, I, I don't know about this squad. And it stems from some of the changes that have taken in place on defense um you know, the question marks surrounding you know how they won games last year and that there's just a natural regression that kind of stems from that uh in general and so i'm just kind of curious to see how all of that's going to get put together also when you look at their schedule uh you know it starts off uh, against the buccaneers then they are on the road at the eagles then versus the chargers at the panthers then versus the chiefs uh kind of and it's staggered out as to these tougher opponents but I really certainly look at week 15 16 17 and 18 and how it concludes for them 15 on the road at the Bengals 16 versus the Lions 17 versus the Packers and 18 at the Lions so not only are they playing a tough opponent in the Bengals then they have three divisional opponents to finish uh, their season I think all of that with the unknowns I would go under eight and a half wins yeah, I would too a little bit, but uh, I really like to. I'd like to bet this over, quite frankly. But uh, they're more of a team. I'm just going to kind of sit back and uh, observe on a, a weekly basis, and hopefully, I can establish some kind of idea what to do with this team in the first couple weeks. They by far. Yeah, we've done the NFC North this week. They by far have the most difficult schedule in this division, and that's in, in large part because they were. First, they want to. They have a first place schedule because they won the division last year. They play all four teams that played on Championship Sunday last year. The two teams that are in the NFC and AFC Championship games, they play them all. And to me, yeah, that end of the season schedule doesn't bother that much because I think the division sucks, and I, you know it'd be beneficial if they played like 17 games against division opponents. Uh, but they have a they have a stretch. From September 14th through October the 23rd, out Philadelphia, that's on a short week and it's a road game on a Thursday night. That's usually not a winning combination if it's against a bad team, if you're on the road team on a Thursday night. But they're playing the Eagles on the road team. That's how it starts. Then they play home against the Los Angeles Chargers at Carolina. That should be a win, you would hope. Home against Kansas City. Then they go to Chicago. And they play at home against San Francisco on a Monday night to end that five-game stretch. 
And of the teams we've talked about the first two weeks here with eight teams now, that might be the toughest five-week stretch I've seen of anybody we have covered so far in these previews. The masses are on the over at eight and a half wins, 62.5% of the vote. The under sitting at eight and a half wins, 37.5% of the vote. Just some numbers here for you. Last year, I took Justin Jefferson over his receiving yards. I think that cash by week 14, it was unbelievable. Uh, this year, it's 1,375 and a half yards over under minus 112. Kirk Cousins. 4,275 and a half throwing yards over under minus 112. He was at 4,547 yards last season, 29 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. If you're interested in Alexander Madison now, who is taking over the reins over under sitting at 875 and a half rushing yards for him, minus 112. We wrap up this edition of Extra Point on this Friday, August 4th, next. Tune in weekdays to the Sports Zone with Bob Kim from 9 to 10 a.m. on KTUS AM 1060, KTUS1060.com, and with the KTUS 1060 app. August 4th, Extra Point, wrapping things up right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's that time once again, though, here, Bob. It is thank you time. Okay, modified thank yous here. You all know who you're, you know, if you need to be thanked, you know who should be thanked. So, congratulations. Uh, Also, our guest today, uh, Vikings preview with Matthew Kohler. He's the man at Purple Insider. Next week, uh, we'll preview the remaining eight teams in the NFC. We'll do the NFC East in the 9 o'clock hour, and we'll do the NFC North, the NFC South, excuse me, during the uh, extra point segments, uh, the uh, middle, the last two hours of the day. Uh, also, sound of the, uh, sound of the day courtesy of MLB, uh, Fox, KLAA, uh, WTMJ in Milwaukee, and also WSCR in Chicago, the Cubs flagship. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. Up next from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Beerstein from 5 to 6. Uh, that's all coming up here on KDOS AM 1060. Diana Taurasi, she's reached that milestone, 10,000 career points. She needed 18 points in yesterday's contest against the Atlanta Dream, and instead she got herself 40. 42 points, 12 of 21 from the floor, 6 of 18 from 3. She is the only woman now to have 10,000 career points in the WNBA. The knockout round for U.S. women's soccer, it's Sweden versus the United States, Sunday, 2 a.m. on Fox. I will not be getting up at 2 a.m., but I will be <laughs> recording it, and I will watch it at a more reasonable not hour. Not going to still be out run, running the streets at 2 a.m., Kayla? Come on. Those days are over, <laughs> if there ever <laughs> were those days. Uh <laughs> And the Arizona Cardinals red and white practice is tomorrow, Saturday, 1245 to 245, azcardinals.com/slash And of course, visit our friends Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits over at 2390 North Alma School in 
Chandler. Everyone have yourselves a fantastic weekend. Looking forward to talking to you once again on Monday with things getting started with the Sports Zone at 9 a.m.